Welcome to the greatest podcast in the history of our sport. Surprise everyone, it's me, Jim Pappas from Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Now I know you all tuned in because you want, need, and crave Kevin Wilson's voice in your life. But tonight, Kevin and the boys are home resting their golden pipes. Don't worry though. Kevin's been hard at work at the show schedule for 2020. Looks like a great lineup. And he and the gang will be back next week with a live new show. For the next hour, it's me, Jim Pappas. Now, if you're a regular listener to the Dining on the Dime podcast, you may have heard me in the past as a regular contributor. Um, tonight, I'd like to take the opportunity to, first off, go back Give a little history on the uh, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Then have a little fun with the guys, the Dos Amigos. And then, uh, in the spirit of Dining on a Dime, I'll give uh, two of my favorite, I think, best deals in the city of Philadelphia. And then depending on time, I might be able to fit in my uh, favorite cheesesteak story that actually isn't about the cheesesteak. But anyway, so to get started and to really confuse everybody, I was recently a guest on the podcast Fermented Adventure hosted by Rich Shane. So here I am with Rich Shane talking about the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. How did you get started with Cheesesteak Adventure? <laughs> it started... Um, well, I guess it started a year and a half ago, but it, three years ago, I uh, found myself separated from my wife after uh, 25 years of marriage. And um, I mean, one of the main reasons we got separated was because I knew I wanted to do something different. You know, I had done I had a 25-year career in corporate life. Uh, our two daughters were both in college at the time. And uh, so I thought it was time to do something fun, something I liked. And um, my wife didn't like that idea. So we. Uh, so cheesesteaks weren't fun for your. I mean, you know, not to, not to say, but not. It's not everybody's. Everybody's, you know, cup of tea, or in this case, uh, you know, sandwich. Right. Well, you know, it's funny because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something different than corporate life. Okay. I knew I did the corporate thing. I had the our kids were great. Kids were both in federal academies, so they were on their way. So it's like it's time for us to do something fun. You know, I'm thinking let's get reacquainted and uh, see where we go and. Um, she didn't like that idea, so we got separated. I ended up moving back to North Wilmington, and um, I was Uber and Lyft driving, trying to figure out what I was going to do for the second half of my life. And um, I ended up meeting my new best friend, and um, through conversation, we we realized we had Claymont Steak Shop was our was our common thread. That's where you grew up. That's where you really went. That was the go-to for your cheesesteaks growing up as kids, right? Exactly. My dad my dad grew up in Chester, so he knew the original owners. When we were little and we behaved, which wasn't often, <laughs> we were able to go to Claymont Steaks for a cheesesteak. And so that was our go-to all through, yeah, growing up all through high school, that was my go-to cheesesteak. On her side, she grew up around the corner from Claymont Steaks, and um, her job every Saturday was to go pick up her brother's or to order a brother's cheesesteaks and to go pick up her older brother's cheesesteaks. She actually now still has the phone number memorized. Um, so we were out. We ended up going to Claymont Steaks. And we're trying to figure out what do 50-something-year-olds do for fun. And we decided that we would do stuff around cheesesteaks. Okay. We'd ask our friends where their favorite cheesesteak place was. We'd go try it and then do something in that area and see what else was up in that whatever area that was. So for you growing up, 
Did you have an affinity for cheesesteaks? Or would you just say, you know, I like burgers, I like pizza. But was it cheesesteaks? Is it something that stood out that you would ever look back today and say, wow, I could certainly see myself becoming a cheesesteak uh, aficionado, a blogger, uh, you know, somebody that specializes in, in, in the taste of cheesesteak. I mean, you know, back then, yeah, I liked cheesesteaks. So, okay. I, you know, uh, you know cheesesteaks, pizza. Gotcha. You know, I mean, when I was in my 20s and single and living in a one-bedroom apartment, I pretty much lived on cheesesteaks and pizza. Um, yeah, but no, you know, you never think it's on... Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's nothing more than when I go visit my mom, we'll go to Claymont and get, get a Claymont steak. Okay. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it never dawned on me that it'd be anything more than just... Uh, something to eat once in a while. So you create this idea, and then you say, I'm going to go out and I'm going to just check out and find the best cheesesteaks or just eat cheesesteaks? And we started asking, we started asking friends, and uh, when I started asking my Lyft and Uber riders, it was... Your passengers were the ones that sent you to different places, right? Exactly, it was my passengers that sent me to different places, but it was their passion, their stories, their favorite places, their favorite memories, uh, their eagerness to defend their, you know, why theirs is the best and that I should only go to theirs. Um, I could stop my adventure because luckily I've given them a ride and they told me where to go get yeah, my you don't need, now on. You don't need to check at anybody else's. This is exactly the one you need to go to and you can stop right there, right? Exactly. And it's, it was funny too. That, I mean, their passion, but also their, I found out that whenever someone would... Re- when someone always would respond with, well, where's your favorite one? Right. It was always not to, uh, not to expand their cheesesteak horizons. It was to let me know that I was wrong. Okay. And for, I was going to the wrong place. your belief of what your cheesesteak place was. Exactly. And that I needed to start going to their place because their place was much better than any place I could ever go to before that place. So, so now you already go there with a preconceived notion and you can probably visualize your passenger while you're at the cheesesteak place, as you as you order, as you check out the place, everything else, right? I mean, early on in the beginning, when I first started, yeah, I had sheets of paper. Um, I had sheets of paper so people would write down their, their choice okay. and their name. And in the beginning, I had a spreadsheet of uh, the passenger that suggested I go there and I would give them a shout out that they sent me. Um, but as my list grew and I became more technically savvy and move my list to Google Maps. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not able to do that okay. anymore. I'm not, <laughs> not able to do that anymore. I, uh, they're starting, well, plus now I get a lot of them online, and um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, I can't associate the people anymore with okay. their uh, cheesesteaks. When did you realize for you that you were kind of on the right track, that this idea of visiting places to eat cheesesteaks was, you got something that this is, you already determined, I enjoy this, this is fun, I enjoy the people, the whole experience. Was there a point where you started to determine this is fun, this is cool? It pretty much right off the bat. Okay. Right off the bat, I mean, I had been driving, I've been driving Uber and Lyft off and on for, well, back then for over a year. And, you know, 90, 80 to 95% of people that get in and take a Lyft ride don't talk. Or Lyft or Uber ride, they don't, they don't talk. So there's no conversation. So that when I pretty much from the first person um, I'm, picturing that, I'm picturing that Elaine episode, that episode from Seinfeld where Elaine gets in the back of the car and you know she pretends to be deaf 
So, you know, not to talk to the driver? I mean, was that, not to say that everybody pretended to be deaf, but... Exactly. Was that a surprise for you that people would get in your car and, and didn't really want to talk? Because well, you yes. seem very social. You seem like you'll talk to anybody. I will. I'm very chat. <laughs> but I, well, I learned... Well, the best training for me to, to drive was driving my, you know, then pre-teen and teenage daughters around. Because they don't want to hear from you. Gotcha. And when you're driving them around with their friends, you better don't say a word. And their heads are in their phones anyway. Exactly. Right? And they don't want to hear from you. So I learned from them, from driving them and their friends around not to talk, just drive. Okay. And not talk. So it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. It was funny because I, I didn't take a whole lot of public transportation. I'm from the suburbs. And I drove everywhere myself usually. So it was, it, the whole dynamic for me was new. But yeah, I learned early on not to say anything. I would throw out my token, you know, hey, how you doing? And see what kind of response you get. But so early on for the first year, yeah, I didn't, unless a person started talking to me, I just, I just drove people. And in the beginning of Uber and Lyft, it was mostly commuters anyway. Um, so they didn't want to talk. So but. when people get in your car, they're like, wow, your car smells like cheesesteaks. <laughs> if they're lucky. Okay. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, no it's funny. I have, uh, in my car, I have, uh, I have one of my Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure uh, T-shirts draped over my passenger seat and it's still funny it's still probably 70 percent of people still don't, don't talk no they notice it but they, they won't don't they, they don't say anything they get in and out um but when someone does when someone is willing, uh, in a talkative mood also um yeah the passion comes out the conversation comes out i hear the stories i hear about when they were little and you know especially this time of year we're going out and looking at christmas lights and getting a cheesesteak in the back of mom's station wagon with pajamas on um, so really when those first conversations started happening, um, and, you know, I, you know, one out of five, you know, it, it's more common and plus they want to talk about it. Um, when they find out I'm not selling the t-shirt, I'm not selling tours, or I'm not selling something, the passion also comes out and, and it's universal too. Um, if even people that don't eat cheesesteaks, right? Well, I stopped eating cheesesteaks 10 years ago because of whatever reason, but I eat, che- I eat chicken now, and you need to go get a chicken cutlet sandwich over at this place. Gotcha. You need to go. Right, I'm sure there's like a pork sandwich, right? I mean, exactly. Now, now we're venturing into different sandwiches because it's the same roll, right? The same exactly. size roll. Oh, exactly. And if, if, yeah, and if they don't have a, you know, if they don't have a cheesesteak story, they're going to tell me their story about something else or what I should be eating. So it's, uh, it's good. How did you come up with the name Cheesesteak Adventure? Where did that come from? Um. Were there, and were there other names, too? I was curious. No. No? You know, it's funny. It's just uh, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure was kind of... Uh, it's kind of the, the, other, the other side of it, too, is that my dad was a twin, was a twin and they, couldn't, they were complete opposites. My dad was in sales. My dad wasn't tall. And my Uncle George was 6'2", built out of granite, and a corporate person his whole life. And my dad would always make fun of my uncle for not making a decision without a focus group. Uh, he always needed somebody to chime in and help make a decision. Exactly. Just go survey 20 people before we do anything. And so that's with my riders. I have a focus group every day. Right. And it's, so it's, it's funny how this whole thing, it's funny how like it was never planned, but all of a sudden how different pieces are fitting into the, into the adventure somehow. So, but the Philadelphia Cheesecake Adventure, you know what? I don't think I gave it all. I, I think it just came out, and I think it became like, because looking, 
looking for the ultimate cheesesteak because that's one of my early uh, taglines is uh, you know it's Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure looking for the ultimate cheesesteak what it is I have no idea and you're still on the adventure because it's like the, cre- the quest for the holy grail you still haven't found it, even though you've had some tremendously amazing cheesesteaks, right? This thing's taken me in so many different directions and so many different things that have happened um, that, yeah, I, 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 I thought I knew what it, the ultimate cheesesteak was going to look like. That's been dispelled, and I'm not sure what it's going to look like, and, uh, but I'm going to keep looking, and I'm going to keep having fun and meeting all, all sorts of different... I mean, this place... You know. Yeah, the Peacock Room at Philadelphia Brewing Company. I mean, what? they said they're open on a uh, Tuesday afternoon. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, why else would I come? Why else would a kid from Wilmington, you know, be up here on a Besides rainy Tuesday? Besides the great beer and cider. Well, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that was a bonus that they're open, that they let us bring cheesesteaks, and, and they have great beer and cider. They do. Uh, so, along this adventure, along this Philadelphia cheesesteak adventure, have there been any bad cheesesteak moments for you? Any... You know, kind of times when you're like, oh, my God, I can't get that time back. Not really. You know, it's always, I do get that question. Of course, the, the, the question I always get is, you know, where's the best? But then the second most prevalent question, I guess, is, yeah, where was the worst? And um, I don't think I've had, you know, the, the, the cheesesteaks, the bad ones I had, I think it was just because of the cut of meat, you know, bad roll. You know, like one-off stuff. It wasn't like it wasn't like that. That, that place. It's not like I would say that place always puts out bad cheesesteaks. Right. I could point to a reason that the cheesesteak on that day, that particular cheesesteak, was bad. Um, I mean, it's an individual experience too, and and whoever's behind the counter in the grill, you know, cooking, and it could also be bad customer service. Somebody, had, you know, it could be anything. Someone had a bad day. One of the places I get that guy people refer me to all the time. Yeah, I had a really bad cheesesteak there, but it was because of, they had to be a new grill person that I, that I was paying. Because now that I pay attention, I'm trying to like learn as I'm standing there. They were distracted. They were trying to talk to the hostess the whole time, and they were just they were pretty much just painting my cheesesteak with uh, oil. Okay, and it looks like something out of a, a wax museum. Like I actually put the pictures actually on my uh, Facebook page. So when people say, "Oh, go to this place," it's like. Well, no, go to my Facebook page. That's the cheesesteak I got there. From that particular place. Right. But, you, but again, it goes back to the point that it was, it's a place that a ton of people love. I just happened to get when the grilled person was distracted and they were just spraying oil on my cheesesteak. So have you, have, you know, with all, this, with all the work that you're putting into this and all the fun you're having, do people recognize you yet? Do you, do you kind of walk into a place and they say, you're the cheesesteak guy. Cheesesteak Adventure, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure, is that you? Few and far between. I mean, you got the shirt, you got the you, you got the merch going on. I'm usually wearing either a bright orange shirt that says Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure right. on it, or I have a t-shirt with it. Few and far between. I think, I think, well, I think, because nothing's come out about me lately, so I think now I, I, I'm, I'm a passive memory kind of thing. When I start talking to someone, sometimes it'll click. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I remember... Um, because I do a lot of Yelp reviews, because I do Yelp and Google Map reviews on every cheesesteak, um, I get a, a lot of people will recognize me from um, from Yelp or like, oh yeah I, yeah, I see you a lot doing that, uh, but not as, but they don't associate me with the cheesesteak adventure. Um, 
It's all it's it's few and far between uh, when I get recognized. Yeah. Okay. So right now you are doing this for how many years? How many years? Are you year and a half. May year? May middle of May a year ago. So you, you just I, I think you said or, or I recall sometime in the middle of the year in 2018 you you put out your top 20 list or exactly okay. At the, Right. Back in May, after I had done it for a year, I had 275 cheese sticks under my belt, I did a, I did a best of list. Um, and because, like we had talked about, that it's hard that a cheesesteak, you know, your favorite cheesesteak may not be my favorite cheesesteak. So it's hard to say, well, this is number one, that's number two. So of my best of list, I had 20 categories. 20 categories for the best of list. Exactly. So, so run through some of those and, and, and tell us, you know, who made the list and, you know, where, where you would say this is a definite spot you need to go to visit. My best of list has the category that I'm surprised I don't get, the category that I'm trying to find more cheesesteaks in this category, and it's not talked about much, is the, um, the, bre- the brunch cheesesteak. All right, so what's a brunch cheesesteak? I, I, I would tell you... I've never heard of a brunch cheesesteak. Brunch cheesesteak, uh, the, the two that are top of my mind that just stick out amazingly is the ones from the coffee house, which is actually right by where we are now. I guess they could call York, uh, York Street or York Road here up here in Fishtown. Uh, the coffee house, they have a brunch. It's, well, they call it the hangover cheesesteak. Okay. So it's on a typical, you know, hoagie roll, um, cedar roll. But it's it's a nice it's got a nice crust on it, but it's nice and light and airy the roll, and it's uh, I think it's two eggs with cheesesteak meat, and it's just um, well my 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 most favorite part about it is that they don't have a liquor license. Okay. So you get a complimentary you get a complimentary breakfast drink. Oh okay. You get two free muffins. Anybody that follows my blog knows that I'm I'm frugal and I like the deals. <laughs> um, Complimentary drink, complimentary muffins, but it's just a nice, light, it works. So, so far, this is the only place right now, the coffee house, that does a brunch cheesesteak. Well, they do, they do, they they call them, um, I think they have like a hangover series of sandwiches. Okay. And so it's there, it's a hangover cheesesteak that comes with eggs and cheesesteak meat. Just a nice, light, it's just like a perfect, it's the ingredients work. Like a lot of people say, well, what makes a great cheesesteak or what's the difference? A lot of it is, well, first off, the person making it has to care, has to try and make a good sandwich. And the second is, the ingredients got to work together. So in this case, where the, that roll is um, light and airy, and it's a seeded roll with a nice crust on it, yeah, that might not work with a, a, a pizza steak or a, you know, a thicker, heartier steak, but because it has the eggs in it, it's a little bit lighter consistency inside it's the perfect role for that Look, I, I think a, a, an over easy over medium egg over steak and and on that bun where the bun's going to soak up the yolk and everything else giving that creaminess the, the taste of the egg i mean now my mouth is starting to water thanks i well, appreciate that jim well if your mouth is water now i'm gonna go to my my second favorite okay and they're probably tied for first actually i have three i'm saying i'm gonna stick on this topic because now you got me and now good. i'm thinking now i'm thinking about it's it it's good thing like, we have cheesesteaks here to eat while Absolutely. we're drinking some of these uh, the, the ciders and beers from Philadelphia Brewing Company. Absolutely. Um, my second brunch place is um, Cafe Lift. They have two locations. They have one in Narberth, too. Yes. Yes. 
I went to the one on 13th yeah. and Hamilton-ish. I think that's more their original spot. They have, they have three, I think there are three restaurants in the chain, but Cafe Lift makes a really good, is it a brunch sandwich? It's a brunch, brunch sandwich, comes with, comes with hash browns. Okay. Wait, and is it hash browns on the cheesesteak? No, they're on, they're okay. on a plate. Um, pretzel bun, cheesesteak meat, over easy egg on top, pretzel bun to die for, just done perfectly, just, it just melts in your hand almost, just, it's just amazing to hold, it's almost like a stress ball, more than it's a pretzel bun, and again, you know, it's not a ton of steak, meat, it's the one egg over top of it, it all fits perfectly inside the pretzel bun, um, and then you got the hash browns. Their BYOB, the one in the city's BYOB, I'm 99% sure. And, um, but again, it's, they, they don't try and kill you with any one piece of it. And just a great brunch meal to have uh, in the city, yeah. Well, I think that's high praise. So for the traditionalists, for, for our, I mean, we're in Philadelphia. And, you know, I mean, obviously, you're going to get all these different opinions about which is the best cheesesteak place. And as you said before, people will defend them till, till death. It's their honor. But give us, give us yours. I mean, you know, what, what stands out? And you got the brunch cheesesteak criteria. But what other criteria do you have? And, and, and who's, who's making your top five or top ten? In the traditional, in the traditional style category, um, my, my number one for traditionalist is... Uh, it's kind of hard right now because Angelo's in ninth has really taken the city by storm. Um, and what stands out for, for, for Angelo's at ninth that you know really really makes it the, the high-end cheesesteak, the one you're the go-to? If somebody gets in the car and says, you're the cheesesteak guy, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure, where should I go? I mean, I got one cheesesteak before I die. This is my last meal. Where am I going? Probably Angelo's. It's a sarcone. What sets apart is a sarcone roll. There are a couple doors down from the Sarcone, the Sarcone Bakery. You had the Sarcone seated um, roll, very good roll, nice dense roll, uh, good cut of meat, cheese melted in there nicely. You know, he, you know, I think that the owner's name is actually Chris. Um, you know, but he's he's a guy that cares about what he makes. You know, he, you know, his pizza's probably top. His chicken colored sandwich is probably top. Uh, if he doesn't like the chicken color, the way it comes out of the oven, he, he throws it away. You know, so it's, you know, it, it goes back to the person caring and good ingredients, you know, bring it together. I think in Philadelphia, you just can't put a cheesesteak on a menu and say we're a cheesesteak place. It's, you've got to go and you've got to say we're going to do this excellent. We're going to make this top end. And let's face it, everybody has their costs and, and what they're looking to do. But it really stands out because this gentleman named Chris left a, a memorable experience for you, and you're going to tell everybody about cheesesteak. Absolutely. Make it, make it work. Make it happen, right? Absolutely. Well, it goes to, well, you know, it goes to your point, too, is that, like, all right, so to, my number one traditional that I listed in my shop back in May before I went to Angelo's was Italian Kitchen in Pennsville. It's what Pennsville's we all... Pennsville's in South Jersey? South Jersey. Okay. Right across the Memorial Bridge, right on Hook Road. But when you go... But you, if you think of the cheesesteak you had as a kid, that's what you're going to see at Italian Kitchen. Okay. Pretty standard Omarosa-looking roll, nice, nice bready roll with a crust on the outside of it. 
good meat inside of it, good amount of meat, the melted, the cheese melted through. Uh, back then I was getting a lettuce and tomato on top. So it's just, you know, as far as my traditional, what we remember as kids eating, that's what that looks like. Also in the traditional category, we Sod's Hollow House, 45th and Walnut, out by out in University City. Gotcha. You know, as, as a traditional, what we remember as kids, Sod's. That's what you're going to get, Sod's. Now that we're starting to grow up a little bit and realize that, hey, you know, there's, there's a nice sesame seed rolls are nice. You know, you, you look at an Angela's. But also along that same vein, too, is always, um, you know, the meat. You know, if you think of your steak sandwich in the form of going to a steakhouse. Right. You know, when I, when I go to a steakhouse, I always get a side of caramelized onions and, car- and the mushrooms. They really enhance the flavor. So you go to, like, a Dottillo's Deli up in Northeast, Old Butcher, you walk in and you walk in there and you, and you, you go into your stereotypical butcher shop where you have the, 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 the cases that are up a little bit higher and then every 10 feet there's, there's a man in the white smock. Yeah, an apron and the, the, the cutting board, the, the, the block, the butcher block has like this, this canyon because they've been using it since they started, right? Exactly. Yeah, I love those. Exactly. And then you go there and they're sauteed mushrooms and their fried onion blend in perfectly with the meat it's not a huge sandwich not the sandwich size is going to blow you away but the way those ingredients blend together nice portions it's a great tasting cheesesteak that you know it's funny too what goes back to why i why i i grade me and my cheesesteaks in five categories, roll, meat, cheese, extras, and overall. Wait, wait, so, 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 so you have five categories, and roll, meat, cheese, extras, and... Overall. Overall. So appearance, a lot of things that are going to come into play. So is there a way, you, is there a way that you, you scale this? Is, are you, is there a sanctioned body? Do we go on the web and find out cheesesteak rating? How do we find all this stuff? You come to me. Oh, you come to you. So you I've are, you my, are, the, you exactly. are the governing body of the, uh, the cheesesteak ruling. Any kind of high society type label <laughs> you want to give me, okay. I will accept. You're the grand poopah of, of cheesesteak scoring. Okay. <laughs> yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, five categories, 20 each category. And it's, it's, it's funny how they all end up kind of in the same number. But it's how they get there. Because if you have really good meat in a standard roll, well, then the place that has a great roll and standard meat, you know, is, is going to, you're going to get there. higher. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they don't, you know, so yeah, it's the five categories, 20 points each. Um, and then the overall is more of the amenities. You know, I'm 56. All right. I want to be able to sit down. I want to be able to use the bathroom, wash my hands. <laughs> Yeah, that plays in there too. So overall, you want a clean, you want a clean place. You want to feel like you know the, the, the atmosphere is nice, and there's a lot more. I mean, like the atmosphere here. This is a, this is a good place to come relax, play some games, just sit, have a cider, have a beer. I mean, this is. I mean, bring your cheesesteak here. This is a great place. This, so this would score high on the atmosphere side. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, they didn't greet me. <laughs> they, I greeted you. Does they, that count? <laughs> that, 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 that helps them a little bit. But yeah, they, they, I, I ran over to you first. So. Exactly. I, you know, I, I, I beat them to it. When I walk in and everybody goes, Jim, you know, yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that right. helps their score a lot. All right. But uh, no, definitely. This, oh, yeah, this, I love this place. 
So, what are some of the other um, criteria? Because you mentioned the, the, the or, or the, the categories brunch, um, more traditional. What are some of the other categories the you, ca- you feel? One of the categories that I got a um, one of the, one of the categories I got grief on, and it, I thought it was kind of funny was my um, best day trip. Okay. Yeah, because I mentioned that the whole reason this thing started was to go to go find something to do. Right. You know, and go have a cheesesteak and then find something to do in that area. Well. My best day trip cheesesteak was down in um, Avondale, Pennsylvania. Um, the winter feeding ground for the bald eagle is by the Conowingo Dam, which is right off, was part of Route 1, right across the Maryland border, which is probably an hour and 15 minutes out of Philadelphia. I never saw a bald eagle. I thought I'd have to go to Alaska or... Wait, so you had grief for creating this criteria, the best day trip cheesesteak? Somebody, or it was just feedback, or people said, oh yeah, that's a great thing to do. No, I got, yeah, I got grief. I got, what? I, I got that uh, I was a sellout, and that I was only doing, I did my categories, I had all these made up categories solely for sponsorships. Oh, okay. And, and, they, and they cited the best day trip cheesesteak as one of the reasons to get sponsorship. Okay. Bold Eagles don't carry money. No, not, 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 well, they're on, they're on our dollar bills or something. They're they, on something, right? Exactly. They're not they, paying you. For, but they don't hand them so, out. So, so understanding, nobody's paying you for your opinion right now. Do you have sponsors? you like to have sponsors? I, I Are you looking for sponsors? Sponsor. I, I, okay. would love to, I would love for someone to buy my cheesesteaks every day. No, okay. right now we are completely no sponsors. Just yeah, completely. I mean, it's, you're just, it's the adventure, right? I'm just, I'm out looking for the, the ultimate cheesesteak. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm not trying to get the ultimate cheesesteak. And I'm trying to give up places like a day trip to go see how many people are going to see a bald eagle in its natural habitat. Now, granted, you got to wait till January, February, and it's got to be bitter cold because it's actually it's funny that the, the day I took my new best friend, we had had a little bit of a warm snap in February, and there was only two bald eagles. Most of the bald eagles had left, but um, but yeah, you get to see a bald eagle in its natural habitat, and then on the way home, you get to stop at Penn Brewing Station and have a great cheesesteak. Okay, and they also happen to be a craft beer place, so you can have a couple of adult beverages when well, you do it. Fermented Adventure appreciates that too, so. We, 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 you know, if you can have a cheesesteak, it's a beer, cheesesteaks and, you know, some hard, hard soda. We, we, we tried that earlier on the TV show. If, if you were to, you know, say, I guess the ultimate cheesesteak, you're still searching for. But where do you think, you know, where, what, would hit the, what would hit all the points? So it be your 100, you could, you could just be a happy human being. You know what? I, 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 I I really have no idea. You haven't had it yet, but you're still searching. It's kind of like, um, well, it's funny. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. And um, it's, it's funny because he's, he's my friend that when I do something wrong, going back to the focus group, he's, he's my friend that when I do something, he has no problem being brutally honest. He has no, he, he, he has no, he doesn't care about sparing my feelings when he wants to give me feedback on something I'm doing. He's a, he's a, I think that's an honest friend. Right? Oh, it's a, it, is. It, it really is. Because you're not, you, look, you can have people that can praise you and give you accolades, but realistically, somebody that gives you honest feedback is going to be somebody that you're going to go back to again and again or can feel comfortable saying, you know what, whatever you did, you maybe, maybe change the direction or, or, or do something different. And I exactly. think that's important. And, and, and knowing What's that. your friend's name? Just so uh, when he listens to the podcast, he knows you, uh, you gave him a little shout out. 
Oh, he'll know. Okay. <laughs> he'll know. He, he he'll knows. Know. He knows who he is. All right. Um, but he well, and the, he's the also reason, apparently a witness protection, so you can't. He even. is. He. Um, but it's funny too. We were t- I talked about earlier about how um, I, when I look at my videos, I can tell the earlier videos, my early videos from my later videos because I used to do a lot of selfies. Okay. I thought the cheesesteak looked better when I was holding it next to my face. He's one of the reasons that told me not to. Well, you to, still do selfies. I mean, I still see you doing you do with, with the, the sign. sign. Yeah, with, with the, the sign. sign. Yeah. But my videos in the old days, my videos would be would would be a lot of my face. And now the videos are of the cheesesteak. Right. So he, giving them front and center, you know, giving them their time in the in the in the limelight. I mean, I guess it is a cheesesteak <laughs> adventure. I guess they deserve some credit or some time. But yeah, so that so he helped for that that uh, that portion of it. But yeah, I'm curious if uh, and, and as you were talking about the, the pretzel bun and all these other ideas, have you found anybody that's done an everything bun like an everything bagel? Like, but in everything bun, you know, salt and garlic and onion and sesame. And that no, might be really interesting. Anybody? Uh... No, it's funny. It's the bun is a, the bun's a, the bun's a, the bun's an overlooked. We we're talking, you know, it's the bun's an overlooked unsung hero of the cheesesteak. A lot of people don't do a whole lot with it. You know, the big thing maybe would be, um, you know, the seeded or not seeded. Uh, there's a couple places that you know they'll have you know pick which one you want. You know if it's a deli or setting or somewhere where they have buns out, um, it might be you know get to the, the seated the Atlantic City. When I go down to Atlantic City, places in Atlantic City now will give you a choice between you know the sourdough roll. Wow, that's pretty not. interesting. Absolutely, you get your choice of bun, not just uh, your choice of meat. Oh, absolutely. Your choice of cheese. The um, no, the only the only thing so far with the bun would be a place in uh, Glassboro. Uh, Peter and Sons, they actually use a soft pretzel. Okay. Cut the soft pretzel in half. So they actually use a a physical soft pretzel, not just a soft pretzel roll. Right. All right. And and it's funny about that is that, so we're all from Philly. Right. We've all had a ton of soft pretzels. We've all had a ton of cheesesteaks. So you would think, you would think you would know what it's going to taste like. You would think, all right, I'm... I've had both of those things. I know exactly what this is going to taste like. Yeah, it doesn't. It tastes. It, I don't know how. I don't know the physics. Well, sometimes when sometimes when you bring other ingredients in, even though you individually you know what they're going to taste like, the chemistry and everything that comes together changes your palate. Any 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 chemical engineers that want to join the adventure, please <laughs> you know, contact me. All my contacts on the website. Just go ahead and uh, we'll go out and figure out why. Uh, the, the pretzel bun, the pretzel, a pretzel as the bun tastes so much different than a pretzel and a cheesesteak. That was a lot of fun with Rich and the Fermented Adventure. Now, if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook or wherever, you may have noticed that I've introduced the Dos Amigos. Um, in May of 2019, after I did out of one year of eating cheese sucks under my belts, I did a best of list. And I thought cheesesteaks are very individual, different tastes, different people like different tastes on their cheesesteaks. So I thought, you know what, let me try and find two two experts. Um, and when you see the Dos Amigos, you can tell that they are food experts. So I grabbed them and wanted them to eat cheesesteaks with me and we were the original plan was to go back and check eat through my list 
and have them uh, yay or nay or debate my my list. Um, now it's kind of morphed into just going out and eating cheesesteaks with the Dos Amigos. The Dos Amigos uh, Amigo Alex is my cousin, podiatrist. Figure uh, we try to add some uh, brains to the operation. And then uh, Dos Amigo Dan, just a longtime friend of everybody's. And uh, opinionated, well, well eaten his way through the Philadelphia, Delaware, and South Jersey scene. Um, so here I am with Dos Amigos having a little fun and, uh, well, talking about the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Do you have a favorite Uber driving asking story? Favorite. Well, that sounded convoluted. What are you trying to say? Dan? It sounded a lot more convoluted. In your well, mind, it sounded okay, no, but when it came mind, out, it, it didn't, okay. didn't come out right. No, it didn't. So while you're sound. Uber driving, do you have a favorite story about cheesesteaks somebody asked about? Maybe right? Is that what you're well, trying to ask? I mean, it's it's yeah. funny. I mean, I there's a I mean a couple stand out. I mean, there's a couple that I had. It was a long day, and I didn't want to. I, I didn't. I didn't feel like talking either. Right. <laughs> you know. And I picked. You know, it's it's funny because one person stands out. I picked them up at the train station at the Thirtieth Street station, and I know, I don't drive up there very often. It had been a long day, and I was driving him out to Haverford or Havertown, and uh, he got in. And he looked like he had a long day, so he got in the back. I started driving. I was happy just to be quiet. I was happy for the silence too, and then finally I'm like, "Well, you're." St-, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, "You're starving," so I'm like, "Yeah, what the heck?" So I'm like, "Hey, you know, you guys got a good cheesesteak place out here." Boom! All of a sudden, he's like, "Those like three places," and uh, I ended up going to the one, and uh, I don't know if I listed it on my, on my list, but uh, which one was it? Uh, Boccacelli's, Boccacelli's, B-O-C-C-E-L-L-A. Pacelli's? Pacelli's in Haverford? No, I don't Haverton. see it listed. Uh, you and must uh, have something against Italian people. Well, <laughs> Italians, didn't own, Italians don't own it anymore. But um, oh. what a great little cheesesteak. Great deli. They had a ton of stuff packed in there. They had That's the first place I got Fireman Donuts. What? Um, oh, Buyer's Donuts. No, Fires. Firemen's. A fireman. Yeah. Oh, Fireman. Uh, a, yeah, an actual fireman oh, I don't stays know that. off. Where are they at? Developed his own donut. I guess it's kind of a Delco thing, maybe. Yeah, I remember you talking. I've never about heard of them. What are they? Yeah, no, it's, it's a fireman who's in the Delco area. Yeah. He started making his own donuts. Really? And a lot of the delis and the little sandwich shops. Oh, I've never there, heard of that. Yeah, wow. they picked up on them. But this, uh, but it's funny. A place I wasn't even going to talk to the guy. He didn't seem interested in talking to me. Uh, I was happy not to talk. Asked him. Ended up at a great little place. And that's the other thing. I'm amazed how much stuff people get into little grocery stores. Because they had craft beer to donuts to cheesesteaks to full deli to coffee like this station. this Pacelli's place? Yeah. Okay. And um, I I got in instantly into a good mood. They were not amused by me. I guess it was their dinner rush. <laughs> okay. But, um, but, yeah, so that was a good – that was that was a funny time where, um, you know – you don't know. You know. You get into a car. You don't know. Yeah. And you, you th- I threw the question out, and he's ready to talk. And that to okay. is why it's an adventure because you just don't know. You don't know. Every day is something different. Well, on yeah. that same, can I do my second favorite? Sure. <laughs> it's only because you know I saved the picture. 
and it's just it's and uh, oh, we're still going. The um, when my when the article came out in the Evening Journal, the local paper, right. it came out on a Sunday. Yeah. So uh, I guess I knew it, I, I knew it was coming out. They told me it was going to come out, and um, I had twenty two dollars in my pocket. And it's two dollars a paper on Sunday morning. So I took someone down into the train station, and I drove up uh, Walnut, whatever. There's a woman that sells the papers on the side of the road. So I bought eleven. So I had twenty-two dollars, spent all my money, and I'm, then, I'm, of course, I'm thinking, well, I'm on the co- I'm on the cover of the Evening Journal, right? Um, I have my own. I'm on the full page of the lifestyle section, right? And I'm thinking, well. Of course, everybody's going to want a copy of this. <laughs> so I'm thinking I need to go to the ATM. <laughs> so I'm driving around trying to decide, do I take $40 and get 20 more papers? Do I take 100 and get 50 more papers? Oh, wow. Um, luckily, I decided not to get any more, and I still have eight. <laughs> I still have eight of my original 11 left. But I did. I picked up. It's well the well the sidebar funny story of this is uh, my you know my daughters are twenty two and twenty four and my twenty four year old told me she's like dad it's really creepy when a man Uber driver tries to talk to me oh. so she's like don't talk to any of your young girl riders okay she said especially you that's good because insight. you ask too many questions right you'll be the creepiest. Right. Of all. So, and, and you sure got this Charlie Manson thing going on now. And I got the long hair. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I, 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 I try to be respectful of that. Right. And, um, but as I bought the, I got the newspapers, of course, the next rider was a 20-something young <laughs> woman. Uh-huh. And so, uh, so I, I, sh- I showed her the, I, I had the paper out. I showed her the paper, whatever. And she's like, that's you. And she was laughing about it. I said, can you do me a favor? I said, it'd be really funny. I said, but if you hold the paper up, so, so, you, so you're not seen. Right. But I'll take a selfie of, the, of my writer reading the paper about right. me. And she did. She was a great sport. I, didn't, I, hope, I don't think I creeped her out. I mean, the police didn't come pick me up. Right. <laughs> not, but, um, not yet. Not yet. Well, now they heard this. Now they know where, now they, now they know where to find me. Um, but that was that was pretty funny. She was a really good sport. I let her keep a copy of the paper. Oh, that was really nice. For being a good sport, I'm like, here. Yeah, you, only, right. you still only had 10 Well, let's left. do the simple <laughs> math. You bought 11, you have 8 left. Now we just realized you gave one well, away. I, perhaps a couple others. You kept one. There's I think, only I, got, one I, think I got a copy. Of, if I'm not oh, there you go. Did I get a copy? I think I got a copy. Maybe not. I, well, I have, I have 8 in my car. All right, <laughs> I'm down to six. So what started out as something that was just sort of a idea to have some fun and do something fun with your friend has kind of uh, developed into uh, uh, what, what do we want to call it? Uh, a movement, per se. A, a cheesesteak movement. Could we go out on a limb and determine the fact that or, or, or basically conclude that he is a professional I, most definitely, he's a professional, uh, for we, sure. Well, f- we could, but luckily, uh, there's no way to. I guess, uh, well, I don't know. Is there some way in podcast world to talk back to your podcast? Because 
when the uh, the, the local paper did an article about me, and uh, they they called me a connoisseur. Oh, connoisseur! We oh, we oui, oui. oui. uh, now we're talking fancy words, but that's I would agree. Well, sure. it was not my sure. word; it was theirs. No, I understand. I, I'm, I'm surprised I can say I'm that. I'm not disagreeing word. with it. I think you are kind of... Listen, for somebody who's tasted so many cheesesteaks, at some point you have to be labeled a connoisseur. Okay, connoisseur might uh, say there's some uh, expertise. Well, the experience alone has given you, grants you expertise in an area. Well, the experience. I, well, of course, I agree with you. Of course, but you do. Uh, but uh, but uh, there was there was a letter to the editor. Uh-oh. Oh, 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 that started with do tell that Pappas is no connoisseur. Oh my goodness! Oh. And where so, was this? At New Jersey? No, this is actually it was actually a local person. Oh. And, and fortunately, uh, my mother actually cut the letter from the editor out of her paper <laughs> ah. and saved it. So oh, wasn't that sweet of her? Well, let me ask you this. Absolutely. Was this a local but, person? Yes. But let me ask you this. Does your mother normally always cut her articles out and post them? <laughs> no, just... just <laughs> 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 uh, this was the first. She, uh, yeah, paper clipped it and everything. Uh, wow. Paper clipped and everything. I'm surprised she didn't laminate Go it. Go figure. Yeah. She must ah, be a laminate paper. There they are, the Dos Amigos. Those guys were uh, funny the first time I put them uh, on video. Said, um, we'll see if we can catch their stride again with those two. Now, in the spirit of dining on a dime, great meals uh, for inexpensive. I like to give uh, my best, what I think is the best cheesesteak deal in the city of Philadelphia. And it actually came to me via Kevin Wilson, host, dining on the dime. Um. And it's Cavanaugh's Rittenhouse, 1823 Sampson Street in Philadelphia, right off uh, Rittenhouse Square there. Um, yeah, that's right. Inexpensive, great deal in a high-rent district. Um, their deal is Mondays, $5 cheesesteaks all day. I was there at lunchtime, and the cheesesteak special comes with tots. It's funny, I just looked at my uh, video from when I was there over a year ago, and uh, in my head, there was a whole lot more che- uh, tots on my plate in my memory. Uh, there's still a lot of tots, still comes with plenty of tots, still a great deal. Um, you know, sometimes places you know, may cut back a little bit on their deals, not not Cavanaugh's. Uh, you get the cheesesteak, tots, and a pickle. $5 all day. Um, I enjoyed a uh, draft beer with mine. The draft was only $6. I was pleasantly surprised to learn that, uh, especially over there by Rittenhouse Square. Um, but there's a great cheesesteak deal. Mondays all day. Um, comes with tots or fries. I chose the tots. And there's my dining on a dime pick. That I got from Kevin Wilson. The other great deal in the city, food related, um, that I think I, I'm surprised is not on every billboard. Because it's funny being from, uh, you know, I'm from the suburbs, from uh, Wilmington, but I grew up in the Delco area, and um, my cousin, Alex, amigo Alex. Yeah, the first time I talked to him about uh, Reading Terminal, you know, the first thing he said to me was, 
oh, you know, I go there and parking is going to cost me more than the meal. Well, that's the great thing about Reading Terminal. Reading Terminal has a parking deal. And it's with the two parking lots pretty much adjacent to the Reading Terminal. One's on uh, 12th and I think the other's on Market Street. But it's f uh, two hours of parking for $4. One's $4, the other one just I saw went up to $5. Um, yeah, you, when you pull into the parking garage, you stop at the booth, get your ticket, and then you when you, you go inside to the market, you have to spend at least $10 at one vendor, ask them to validate your parking, return to the garage, stop at the uh, vending booth, and pay for your ticket there, and uh, it's $4. Now, the other great part about that is it's an automated machine. If you're there, you're having fun, have someone go out, pay for parking, pull out of the lot, pull back in the lot, and you got another two hours. Um, it worked out great for us. Uh, we went into the city. I had uh, some friends from college coming down. Actually, if you look through uh, my old videos of, of uh, Cheesesteak Adventure at Reading Terminal, I uh, had a college friend coming in from Oregon. They were staying in Philly, downtown, and it worked out perfectly. You know, they could walk to Reading Terminal from their hotel. We drove into the city, were able to park, and um, yeah, we're, what a great deal. Now, of course, Reading Terminal, you got to find your own deals in there, but I mean, the you know, it's, it's funny, one of the greatest things about the adventure, it's forcing me to go to places that I don't normally go to. Yeah, you know, I've been in this area for all my life, and I think I went to Reading Terminal once and was overwhelmed and I left. Um, you know, the, the, the range of stuff you can get in there, range of good stuff you can get in there, and they all support each other. You know, I was talking to the woman from uh, Molly Maloney's, which is right next to the center court where they have tables. So if you like beer, you, get, you, you can get your beer from Molly Malloy, sit in the center aisle, and then get your food from anywhere. You know, that's exactly what we did. We did a little cheesesteak challenge, and uh, we had a, got our table and a nice little spot, and then we were able to, you know, search the market, get stuff, take it back, and uh, have our little adventure right there. Um, but actually, yeah, I got distracted. The, you know, the the woman from Molly Malloy's told me, she's like, yeah, we've been here forever. It's family owned. Her brothers owned the place. And, you know, they, they need vegetables. They got them two, two stands over. Um, rolls, you know, four stands that way. Um, so they all support each other. They all do a great job. Reading Terminal, um, Great place. I mean, you could. I, I've been. I've been there three times now, and I. I still. Well, I still get lost. I still have no idea what else is in there. Um, so yeah, I could be going back there probably once a week till I for a year before I learn anything in there. Um, great parking deal, and a great place to go. Now I would like to share my favorite cheesesteak story. That's not really about the cheesesteak. Um, 
When I was growing up, Claymont Steak Shop, Claymont Steak, I, I mentioned earlier, I guess, with Richie, that uh, Claymont Steak was the go-to steak shop. And um, my dad was from Chester. He knew the original owners, and, and they were the gold standard, uh, even as a little kid. Um, Claymont Steaks is a place we wanted to go to, and it's a place we got to go to when we behaved, which uh, was not very often. Um, I remember as a kid, my dad taking me after being, you know, establishing Claymont as number one, even as a young child. My dad took me to gyms one time on South Street, and I was just like, what did I do wrong? Why am I being punished? Why am I made to go here and not uh, Claymont? But anyway, Claymont Steak Shop. So I went to high school in the Newark, North Wilmington area. And uh, one day, my cousin John uh, went to school with cousin John. And one day, we're at school. We decide we want to go to Claymont and get cheesesteaks. So uh, we leave school and head over to Claymont Steaks. And as we're driving down, now back in the day, Claymont Steaks has changed a little bit. But back in the day, they still have the big windows. But in the old days, the counter was to the right. And so when you were ordering your cheesesteak or waiting for your cheesesteak, you were right by the window looking out the window. So, Cousin John are driving up to Claymont Steaks, and sure enough, in the window, Uncle Tom, John's dad, standing there waiting for his cheesesteak. So, of course, we keep going because we're cutting school. We weren't allowed to leave school. Um, so, we're driving down the street, down and down 13, and we decided we'd, we'd talk about it. We're like, well... He already saw us, so we're busted. We still need lunch, and if we go back, well, at least he'll pay. So we turn around, and now Claymont Steaks was next to a bank, and they had a little alley between Claymont Steaks and a bank. And um, so you could pull down the little alley, and then there was parking in the back. So we pulled between the bank and uh, Claymont Steaks, and we park in the back, and Remember, this is 1980, 80, 81, 80, actually maybe 79, 80. No cell phones, pre-cell phone time. So we we can hear the alarm going off at the bank as we're pulling past it. And um, we pull in the back, park, get out of the car, and a woman comes running over to me. And she's she's yelling. She's She's like, the bank's being robbed. You have to call somebody. You have to call someone the bank's being robbed. So I'm like, fine, we can do that. So we walk into Claymont Steaks, and we go and say hi to Uncle John. Give him a hug, kiss him on the cheek, say hello. I say, Uncle John, I said, the bank's being robbed. You need to call somebody. <laughs> Uncle John looks at me and says, look. Order your cheesesteaks. I'm late. I got to get out of here. Okay. Uncle John told me to go order. So, being a good, being, being the good nephew, I listen. <laughs> Cousin John and I, we go over. We order our cheesesteaks. We go back, chatting with Uncle Tom. And as we're standing there chatting, the woman comes running in. That was from the parking lot. She comes running in. She sees me. She comes running over. She's like, "Did you call? You know, who did you call?" I said, "I, I said I didn't. I said I told him," and I pointed at my uncle John. 
course, he his his mouth drops open, and he's like, "I'm you know I'm so sorry. I thought he was kidding. I'm sorry. Come on." And he he took the lady over, and they uh, found a phone to try and call the police. So that's my favorite story about cheesesteaks that don't involve art that aren't actually about the cheesesteak. Alrighty, let me take a minute or two here at the end and do a little uh, commercial time for Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Um, if you want to follow my adventures, several ways you can do it. I have uh, a website, which is www.philadelphiacheesesteakadventure.com. You're going to notice a theme here. Pretty much all my stuff is Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Um, the website, philadelphiacheesesteakadventure.com. I'm also on Instagram, at Cheesesteak Adventure. I have a Facebook page, and you guessed it, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. I am on Twitter, but I just feed to Twitter off of Instagram. But on Twitter, I think I am at Rideshare Jim. And those are the ways to get a hold of Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. Oh, I'm sorry. YouTube. I have a YouTube channel. Um, Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure. On my YouTube channel, every uh, videos for every cheesesteak I've had. And also, uh, last year, after uh, one year and after 275 cheesesteaks, I had done a best of list, 20 different categories. And you can find that on my website or on YouTube. And just as a bookmark, today is January 12th, 2020. Uh, as of today, I've eaten 502 different cheesesteaks. Just had my 500th, had the Philadelphia Inquirer there. So, um... Shortly, I'll be coming out with my uh, new best of list um, to mark 500 cheesesteaks eaten, and that'll be coming out on my website and on all the all, all social medias. Um, I think I mentioned it with Rich that if you go to my website, there is a spreadsheet that has all the places I've been to, has my notes, has my grading system, five categories 20 points each and in each category I uh, put a note or two about what I felt like for that category so uh, if you are you know if you're looking for a place that has tables and chairs and you want to look for places that have higher overall scores you know that's where you can find it um, it is a Google sheet you do have to click on it to open it um, that is there and uh, it seems like YouTube's the easier way to search for my videos. Um, I go there. I'll put in the Philadelphia Cheesesteak Event. Go to YouTube, search Philadelphia Cheesesteak Adventure, and then um, the place I'm looking for. And that seems to be the best way to uh, find my videos. And I see I'm running out of time. But you know what? The best part about the adventure so far is the desserts. I've had great desserts. Mike's Barbecue, Banana Pudding, Stunning, Zio's, Fried Dough, Filled with Cannoli, 
insane. Been there three times. Frank Stakes, Mayfair, Frankfurt Avenue. Deep fried banana cheesecake. Love the adventure. Love dining on dime. Thank you very much. I hope you hung in here till the end, and we'll see y'all later.